Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Today on Ramble Meeks, I'm joined by Mark Pugach, a broadcaster of 30 years standing. He has covered everything in football from the World Cup to the Premier League and from the FA Cup to the Africa Cup of Nations and all that falls in between. He is currently found on the sofa as part of BT Sports score team alongside our very own Jules Breach and anchoring England games for ITV. And he's a masterful broadcaster across that medium and radio as well. A reassuring and authoritative voice, yet a relatable and friendly one. Of his own career, he says, I've broadcasted from Auckland to Accrington and from Blythe to Brisbane and every single time it's been a pleasure Mark welcome to Ramble Meets thank you very much Luke lovely to be here thank you very much for coming in Um, I wonder Mark what makes in your opinion a good broadcaster Uh, what makes a good broadcaster in my opinion is authority now that only comes with a bit of experience knowledge that doesn't come with experience necessarily you can have that from the word go uh, a friendly tone and an ability to talk one-on-one. Uh, I was taught very early on, it's important to think that you're talking to one person. And so I have a very good mate called Gavin, who's a massive Liverpool fan. You can imagine what he's like just at the moment. Yeah. And so to be able to talk to him one-on-one. And also really important, and I say this, I'm sure you do as well, Luke, speak to a lot of a lot of uh, students uh, who want to get into this game, to listen. Mm. It's amazing how many people don't listen. People mm. have a lot of experience, not just in sport, obviously, across broadcast who don't listen, they're so fixated on what they're going to ask next that they, for, that, that they forget to listen. And I think something else which is really important, and this is innate, nosy. I'm incredibly nosy. Yeah. You've got to be curious, haven't you? Really curious. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually quite cross with myself. I know something about your wife now, but I don't know where you live, and that really annoys me because <laughs> it's normally about my third question, where do you live? I'm yeah. fascinated about yeah. people. And, and I think you've got to be curious about people. You've got mm. to be a good people watcher. Mm. I love just sitting by the side of the road at a cafe and watching people go past. So yeah. that innate curiosity as well. And I mean, I've spent a bit of time with you. We, 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 we've got to know each other a little bit over, over recent months, and we've worked together before. What, you're clearly a very intelligent man. What did you think that? What did you think in the first instance that broadcasting was the path you wanted to tread? I grew up with a, a cricket mad father. Um, a really cricket obsessed father. He was a yeah. single only child when those yeah. two things are quite clearly linked because right. cricket cricket is a game of stats, particularly if you grew up in the 50s before television. Yeah. So you could lose yourself. So um, 
there was a lot of there was a lot of sport in our house, particularly funnily enough, all the football came from me, not from him. Right. Certainly not from my mother, mm. who who and I know I'm going off beam here. Who That's announced okay. who announced one day, if I become prime minister, I'm gonna ban lorries on motorways and football. I went, Well, you don't <laughs> be prime minister for long, mum. That's <laughs> no, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I grew up in a they, so I grew up in a real cricket family, rugby, racing, and football from me. And I was listening to Test Match Special one day. My dad would play cricket with me every day, he got back from the from the office. And when I was about 13, 14, I was just listening out of the corner of my ear and I went, Dad, are they really sitting at Lords all day watching cricket, eating cake mm. and being paid? Yeah. And he went, yeah. And I went, are you serious? And he went, yeah. And I went, well, that's that's for me. That's yeah. for me. And I suppose luckily I didn't lose that sense of wonderment and excitement and ambition through my late teenage years and thought I'll just go and, you know, crunch numbers and, you know, do something else. And that's what I really wanted to do. I, I, just, I just thought, well... All that stuff about you're only here once and give it give it a good mm. go. Um, and then my and then my father died when I was very young, when I was 22. And I think that really was like you really are only here once. That mm. sort of you know seminal moments in my life. I thought you really do want to do this, and you can see how you know uh, how quickly things can change in life. Go and do it. Mm. Give it give it your best shot. And if it doesn't work, I'll go and do something else. I, I, honestly, that it's as simple and and as straightforward as that. I think people think, and we're in the same boat. That there's a great luckily there's less of a mystique now. There definitely was when I. 30 years ago when I was starting I think people you want to be a broadcaster mm. luckily because of exactly shows like this and because of the internet and because of blogging and because of the explosion of TV and radio it's a lot less of a mystique about broadcasting mm. which is a really good thing mm. I think it's a lot more encompassing in those days it was a bit like you want to do what? Mm. But I think for all the reasons I've explained, I thought, go on, go for it. Yeah, I think the path is a lot clearer for people Much now. clearer and a lot more avenues. When I started, there was no Five Live. There was Radio 5. There was no Five Live. Mm. Uh, Sky was just starting. Obviously, there was no BT. There was obviously no blog, no internet and all that. There were a lot fewer opportunities. Mm. Now, you know, you can, you, can, you, can blog, you can blog this afternoon, can't you? Mm. You can pod this afternoon if mm. you want to. Mm. So that's, well, we that's are. great. And we are, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, you can, be a tw- you can be a 16-year-old boy or girl in your bedroom and deciding mm. you wanted a pod. Yeah, that's, that's exactly great. right, yeah. And and I feel like the visualisation of, of the of the of the job was really important. When I was young, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you, but not that much younger. It was it was you're right, a mystique. It felt like an almost unpenetrable barrier. Yeah. Whereas now people see behind the scenes all the time. They yeah. think they can visualise actually how it works, and they can maybe position themselves and see themselves in it. But lots of people grow up in this country and other countries, of course, um, obsessed with sport and and liking to listen to the radio or watch TV or participate in it in some way, but not hardly anyone does it. So it's all very well you saying this is how I wanted, why I wanted to do it, but how did you go about doing it then? So I, I, I went to university and did, I did a politics degree and I'd already taken a little bit of advice as I was going to university, a university and someone said, just go and do a general degree because it's really good for you. Because the other thing I really like about broadcasters are people with a hinterland. Yeah. You know, I don't want someone who's just obsessed with Notts County's left back 24-7. No, it's no. just not interesting. Yeah. You know, I've got a politics degree. I'm fascinated by politics. I've thought about even doing a you know, as politics as a broadcasting career. But then I thought, well, if I was, a, you know, in the middle of the summer, probably wish I was at the Test match or at the World <laughs> Cup in Rio rather than at yeah. Westminster. Yeah. So I went and did that. And then I did a, 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 and it still exists. I did a year's postgrad degree, was then called the London College of Printing. I think it's now called the London College of Communications yeah, on the is, Elephant yeah. and Castle. And there are lots of those, you know, there's, I know this sounds a bit like career advice, but it's really good. There's one in Falmouth. There's definitely one in Preston. There's yeah. London City, isn't there? About four or yeah. five. And, gives you, and it gave me a year sort of stamp Right, you are officially trained. Yeah. And I did it with people like Dave Clark, you know, the brilliant uh, Sky Darts commentator. Yeah, Dave, big Dave. Are you the same, same yeah, school as I'm him? from Leeds. Oh, really? Well, I'm from Tunbridge Wells. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Phil Mercer, who's the BBC's stringer in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Anne 
Angus Crawford, who's a Radio 4 uh, BBC News uh, reporter. Brilliant. Stephen Chittenden, who I worked with at Five Live for years. We did it all. So I did that. And then you're out there. You've got this piece, you've got this tick, piece of paper. Go and start freelancing. Yeah. And in those days, you literally wrote letters. Wrote letters to LBC, I wrote letters to, used to be called GLR, BBC London, mm. and went and started freelancing there, right at the bottom. Mm. You know, playing, playing, if you like, playing for Macclesfield's reserves. But mm. that was great. Mm. Um, Gave and you a good stand there, a good Brilliant. Client, and then, yeah, I yeah. Work, then I went to work at local radio in Chelmsford in uh, BBC Essex for a couple of years. Oh, that was brilliant fun. Because yeah. you did everything. I commentated, I reported, I edited, I read the sports bulletins. I went and watched, uh, you know, Southend on a, and Colchester. Colchester on a Friday night at Layer Road. I mean, fantastic. Yeah. When the ball used to hit the uh, every Colchester fan knows this. When the ball hit the uh, stand on the far side, yeah. everyone used to shout "Rust" and then right. "Duck." <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And also, the local cab firm yeah. had their frequencies slightly in tune with the PA announcer at Layer Road. So occasionally, really? in the middle of the second half, you hear 45, 45, 45 <laughs> POB. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's, that was great. And then you know, then you want to be you're playing for literally you're playing for culture. So you hope that Man United might see you and pick you up, and yeah. you hope you get a path. So that was your ambition, was it? Yeah, that my path was to get to was to get to the radio BBC Radio Sports Department. Plenty of people want to stay doing local stuff sure, in their yeah, own area, stuff, but you were yeah. someone who really wanted yeah, to focus wanted on to that. Go. I mean, and I'd grown up listening to. I, I saw him two days. I saw him at Cheltenham, <laughs> and I take the Mickey out of him. I'd grown up listening to Jim Rosenthal presenting Sports yeah. Report. That's what I wanted to do. Right. Okay. And I said that to Jim. <laughs> yeah. So you're that much older than me, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> But what, do you think that's what sets you apart then? Because, I mean, I, I will do my best to try and slag you off a bit later, but yeah. I'm being very generous with you at the moment. Uh, do, do, you, do, you, do you feel that's what set you apart, the ambition, or is it just that you were, you were hard-working at it, you were good at it, and, and you wanted to do more I, of it? I was, I've never been afraid of working hard. You know, mm. I had a very lucky upbringing, you mm. know. I had a really, really lovely, happy upbringing. Mm. But, uh, but I knew that if I wanted to get anywhere, I had to work hard. Mm. I knew I had to work hard. I've never been afraid of hard work. I'm still not afraid of hard work. Mm. And I just thought... I never thought, what happens if it doesn't work? I just thought, work hard and see where it takes you. Mm. And if it hadn't worked out, then, you know, I got to 30 and I wanted to get married and have kids, I'd have probably gone to do something else. But yeah. you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to be able to take the knocks in this business. Yeah. Look, I had one the other day, Luke. I love working for Five Live. They just yeah. said, thank you, you know. We, yeah. You've run out of road here. Yeah, no matter how you know, that's not an easy thing to hear after no. all those years. No. But you have to be able, you have to have a really thick skin in this business. You're not yeah. always go- nobody is lucky enough always to be in the first eleven. You're yeah. really not. Yeah. You're going to have a bash, and you have to be able to take it. So, um, I, but you know, I've I've been able to take those by and large, and I've and, and I've been able to work hard. I like mm. working hard. I get, I definitely get this from my mother. Mm. My wife calls it my Protestant work ethic. Right, she okay. says you're. Imp- you cannot sit down yeah. for an hour. After an hour, you go, right, we've got something to do. Right, what are yeah. we doing? Come on. Yeah, you can't sit still. <laughs> can't sit still. Well, yeah. um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk maybe a bit about Five Live later, but I, I'm also curious about your transition from radio into TV because I, in my limited experience, a lot of people think you can relax into radio and you step up into TV, but it's not actually the case, is it? It's kind of just, they're just very, very different disciplines. They are, they are v- com- they, um, I, it's taken me by surprise how different they are. Mm. I will admit that. Mm. They are completely different disciplines mm. because, um, how, how can we say this? Because once you're used to radio, like our, our studio now, mm. you completely relax into it, don't yeah. you? You forget really you're just talking mano yeah. a mano here. Yeah. My friend Gavin thinking about him. You completely relax into that. Yeah. You, you start to get a rhythm and a feel of it. You know what it is. Television, well, for a start with television, you have to practice it an hour beforehand. And, the, you know, you, because yeah. because the lighting needs to be right and the camera needs to be right. And mm. the auto cues, the words have gone funny and you mm. want to rewrite the auto cue, yeah. you know, which is what you do. It, it is completely different. And there's someone talking in your ear 
career, and particularly on commercial TV, you've got to hit the advert breaks. Yeah. Because as I say, we all like to eat. And yeah. that's how we get paid. Yes. You've got to hit the ad- they're non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't let the time slip two minutes past yeah. the hour like you can on radio before you go to the news. But so how did the TV opportunity come about is what I'm getting at. Uh, the TV opportunity came about... Well, it came about initially because... This this was this is always the great thing about being at the BBC. If you worked on radio, obviously the TV department was just down the road, so mm. literally just down the corridor. So a couple of those opportunities came up along the way, and I did. I mean, I did match the day back in two thousand and four. Mm. My first ever match of the day, which which uh, I missed my big sister's 50th birthday party for. Like, Did you? Really? So downstairs in my, my my downstairs loo is a sporting loo. So lots yeah. of pictures of me and my son and my yeah. kids you yeah. know, doing sport. And one of them is a one of them is actually a really funny montage of uh, six pictures of me on doing match of the day. And next to it is a picture of you know, I hope you're going to like this. My my the, the sister in, in question, the other sister. My wife, my mum, another sister, and the last and the last one is a picture of my sister, and uh, in the screen is Garth Crooks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I, so sorry, that's a long-winded way of yeah. saying. Um, so I, I did. So that's where the opportunity came, and then you know I did a bit, and then I didn't do a bit, and things mm. sort of went up and down. Mm. Uh, but then but it's quite a small business. So Nar Sloan, who ran BBC. Bought football, mm. then went to ITV, and then after a few years, he he, he said, um, "I think I'd like you to come over to ITV." Mm. So you know, I was in that, and I'd done some, I'd done some stuff at Eurosport in between, and I was mm. doing a lot of stuff, Premier League Productions, which is big around mm. the world. I mm. worked for them for seven or eight years, but mm. it does take a bit, of, it does take a bit of a hop over mm. from from one to the other. What do you prefer? The honest answer to that is when I've done like five days of telly, I love doing five days of radio yeah. and vice versa. I like yeah. the challenge. I like the challenge. It's to do to do television fluently and in a relaxed manner, particularly with a time pressure, is not easy. Mm. I lo- it, it makes me laugh that people think television's easy. Absolutely mm. love it when people go, ah, oh, it's easy. Just talk out loud. Okay, mm. come, come and sit here. See how many voices you've got in your ear at the same yeah. time. Yeah. You've got th- sometimes you can have three voices in your ear at the same time. Yeah. People say, how do you cope with that? I said, see, I grew up in a very noisy household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I live in a very noisy household. You're very good at filtering out. Which is the voice I need to listen to most now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I often wonder when people say that to me about a radio show yeah. or whatever. They go, oh, you know, how do you not run out of things to say? And it's like, well, it's our job, right? It's our job. We, we yeah, have yeah. to prepare for it. That's what we do. Yeah. You, yeah. Wouldn't, you wouldn't say that about any other profession. No, exactly. Yeah. The other thing I also love going off beam is when people say, people say, you know, quite often when I'm at Twickenham, oh, come and have, I'm at Twickenham. Come and have a drink. Uh, why, come and have a drink with us about half past two. I go, well. I'm on. I'm on television then. <laughs> yeah, but you've got time to come up. So tell you what. Well, I'll come to your office at uh, three o'clock on Tuesday afternoon yeah. when you're about to do a big deal. Yeah. And say, come on, we're going to the pub. Yeah. What, what do you mean you're not coming yeah. to the pub now? Yeah. It's, this is my workplace. Or when you're if you're a pilot or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just when you're taxiing or uh, yeah. Terminal Five, I'll yeah. come and have a drink. When you when you talk about taking the knocks and 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 having the negativity as well, which of course by yeah. by their very nature, people who who will just listen to you or watch you don't know about. Um, do you do you find it difficult to maintain the confidence? And I mean, presumably your CV would say that you don't, but it's 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 a big. I mean, the big story we had at the turn of the year was that you, you moved on from Five Live after a very very long time, um, and you dealt with it very gracefully, and and that's to be expected because you're you're a lovely chap. But do do you feel like that that is a difficult thing to deal with, or do you just get so used to it now you just got to move on and say right, what's next? Well, it was it was one of those. It was, uh, the the reaction was very nice in that I said to my wife and it. Just to go back a little bit, when I got the ITV job and the first, uh, and these things are linked, the first thing I did was Euro 2016. I said to my wife, whatever you do, do not look at the mentions under my name on social media. Yeah. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. Yeah. So when it was around me, she went, 
I looked at the mentions. So yeah. I, I told you not to. And yeah. what did the first one say? It said, it said Mark Puget. I said, well, I told you not to look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so don't do it. But actually, when I do that, that my wife reads yeah, she, yeah. she says, oh, well, I could have told you yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to be anonymous to say yeah, that. Yeah. But no, that was, but, but I have to, I have to be, uh, you know, my mum used to say to me, when somebody says something nice about you, Mark, just say thank you very much. So yeah. I would just, I just said, thank you very much. That was very nice. And the, the nicest thing about it was I thought, well, I haven't, I have, I've obviously been doing it vaguely right for the last 25 years, yeah. that reaction. So that yeah. was, that was, that was nice. That was reassuring. That was comforting that obviously, uh, you know, the way that I've been going about it, which is the way I wanted to go about it and the way that naturally comes to me going yeah. about it was, was obviously the correct way. Yeah. Um, and then you think, well, hopefully somebody else will want that way. Yeah. So, um, as I say, it, 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 things have to be refreshed and I get that completely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the wheel turns and, yeah. and, um, you know, I, I, I was sort of when I when I was when it was all kicking off, and I was thinking about. It, I thought, well, Fergie got rid of Kanchelskis, Ince, and Hughes, didn't he? In sort of twelve months, and they'd won the double twelve months earlier. It's just you know, which one of those are you? <laughs> all, three, all three of them. <laughs> probably being East European descent, the Pugats are probably Kanchelskis. Okay, well, that's yeah. not so bad. That's not so bad. He's no, the most no. exciting one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's quite a character, isn't he? Um, what are you what are you looking for in um in co? in co-host pundit broadcasters what what do you think makes a good I mean everyone's got an opinion on their favourite pundit or whatever you work with them all and um, what, what for you makes a good co-host or a good pundit uh, well I actually what I want is a combination so it's not necessarily I'm looking for in one person I'm looking for that person mm. to to compliment somebody else so if I take if I take you know England uh, on on ITV and the football Lee Dixon who's a lovely man is a you know is fantastic analy- uh, analyst mm. and uh I love learning from all these people. Same with the rugby. I absolutely love learning. So Lee will say something like, you know, why is the right back gone there or whatever? I'll just say, just tell, just tell, just tell me again exactly what's happened mm. there. Because, you know, mm. even if we don't use it, I want to learn. Mm. So I love that, and uh, you know, that analytical side. Wrighty mm. uh, is a very good analyst. People just mm. think he's a, you know, a cheerleader. He's not. Mm. But the, the combination of Lee's, you know, analysis and, and Wrighty, who I, you know, unashamedly go to at the top for a big England game because he is still the nation's bellwether. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, go, yeah. how are you feeling today? And he yeah. goes, I'm, re- I'm really up for it. You know, yeah, beating yeah. his chest like Terry Butcher. Yeah. And then Roy Keane says, as it is. It always fascinates me on social media. Here we go. I'm slightly, you know, going against mm. my own thing here. When people say, oh, Roy Keane's just saying that he's being a caricature. I mean, do you really think that Roy Keane <laughs> needs to do this just to be mm. a caricature? Mm. Do you think he really mm. thinks, he, Roy Keane thinks, I'm just going to do this because mm. I'm going to play a role? Mm. That's that's what he thinks. Mm. And actually, the be- you know, like anything, the stars make fights in boxing, don't they? Yeah. So what, what I'm looking for is, is, is an amalgamation uh, and whether the three of them come together in a way that they come together so well that sometimes they bounce off each other and I don't have to say anything. Yeah. I love that. I always say to the boys, listen, say money, no talk, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't get paid in the extra. Don't worry about me, I'm absolutely fine. In those TV environments, though, you don't get an awful... I don't think that one thing that is appre- isn't appreciated enough is you don't get an awful lot of time in those no, environments to to to... To, to kind of stimulate a conversation or to take it somewhere. But I always feel we're very lucky here doing what we do where we get pretty much an hour if we want it sure. and we can take it wherever we and, want. And the same when I did all the, all the years on Five Live. Yeah, I could just exactly. say, oh. And, and actually, do you, know, do you know what, Luke? That is why, in a way, when people say to me, isn't it really frustrating when you've got five minutes? I go, it's the greatest challenge of my broadcasting yeah. career because actually... Can't waste them. I cannot waste them. Mm. I cannot... We, 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 I don't know whether you do, but we, we had a saying, certainly when I worked in radio, right, um, well, you know... Uh, uh, let me think. Steve Bruce is coming on. Bowl him a half. You know, we can bowl him a half volley to start with, and then we can get away. Yeah, I've got time for a half. 
half volley, you've got no. five minutes. You really haven't got time for it. But if you want to make it flow and you want to be editorially rigorous and cover all the ground, but you don't want it to be staccato. So I don't want to go, what do you think? What do you think? What do you no, think? No. That that um, Let me tell you, that is a skill... Uh, and I'm not saying I've mastered it, but that is a skill all the time I'm setting mm. myself when you've got to cover all that ground. And mm. sometimes you just can't. Oh, that, mm. that's So people say, isn't that really frustrating? Well, you could say it's frustrating, but actually it's mm. a great challenge. Mm. And, and the charisma side is really important. Yeah. When, when you talk about Lee Dixon being a good mm. analyst, Ian Wright being this, Roy Keane yeah. being that, for me, when, what I'm looking for just as a fan, because obviously I clearly watch these programmes, is, is the charisma. And, and the thing that fascinates me about Roy is that I was saying this to, to, to a couple of the guys the other day. If you took what Roy Keane said in the broadcast and wrote it all down and didn't know who said it, it wouldn't necessarily be the most insightful no. thing around, but it's, un, it's unmissable, unmissable TV yeah. because he's got such a charisma yeah. that you cannot take your eyes off him. And, and really, that's almost what you're looking for in, in media, isn't it? In broadcasting, in TV and radio. You, it's like an appointment. We say in radio, don't we, appointment to listen. In TV, yeah. it's like appointment to watch. Yeah. What is Roy going to say? And again, it's not always what you think he's going to say. Mm. It's not always what we think, think he's going to say. He's a very, very funny man. Mm. And Roy Keane is properly funny. Yeah. He's got a fantastic dry sense of humour yeah. and an obsession with chocolate. Make sure right. there's plenty of chocolate to hand as well. Is that, is but that yeah, your top tip? Yeah. Right. No, top tip, chocolate. Yeah. But no, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you say that because I, I feel that as well. I think, what, it, what is he going to, you know, mm. what is he going to say? Mm. Um, I mean, we, we have a bit of a joke, uh, Lee and Wright and I, with him about goalkeepers. Mm. Because, you know, I, I think he would almost say to Gordon Banks' save of Pele, well, he's got gloves on, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he's, yeah. The goalkeepers, I think, have the yeah. highest standards of yeah. the lot with yeah. Roy. They need to say every, every shot. Was incredible. Yeah. I think I once in five years went, Roy, come on, that was an yeah. amazing save. It's like, yeah. good save. So we talked a bit about um, people knowing exactly what goes on behind the curtain yeah. now because of social media and everything. And... and I do, I do think it's really, really important that people have Christmas purely because there's such a, um, a, a huge explosion of all these different options you've yep. got. I mean, just in podcasting, we've got, you know, people can yep. listen to 20 different shows. So we have to be doing our best to make sure yep. they listen to ours. But with, 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 your, with your pundits you have on your shows, you, you clearly want to have charisma and all the rest of it. How, do, how much do you work together beforehand? How much preparation goes into what you... Do, do you brief them before? Or are some of them just not interested? Because the reason I asked the question, Mark, is because I think there's a lot of feeling out there that some pundits are just a bit lazy and they yeah. just want to turn up and go, right, well, I was, I was a football player, so I can just say what I think and that'll be enough. We, we, so at ITV, we always have, we always have a production meeting uh, an hour and 45 minutes before kickoff. I mean, everybody, we get in, you know, those trucks that people have seen on telly. And I quite I like, again, the lesson of the mystique. I love the fact that the mystique has been lessened about mm. TV and radio. Started with the Big Big Breakfast actually with Chris yeah. Evans, didn't it? Where yeah. you suddenly saw cameramen. Oh, that's yeah. what they look like. Yeah. So we'll, we'll run through it and we will go through it and go, right, we, well, this is the opener. Mark's on a piece of camera saying this. Right, this is the opening chat. I mean, uh, and, you know, we'll say, right, we'll talk about England's problem at left back. We'll talk about, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, Argentina have got this fantastic centre forward. Uh, and and as we go through this, I'll just have a little whisper. I'll just say to Wrighty, just, you know, have a think about Batistuta for argument's sake or whatever. Yeah. Or I'll say to, to, to Dicko, yeah. You know, we'll talk about England's issues. You know, on the counter attack. I never. Yeah. I, I don't want to know what they're going to say. No, but you must. You must select. You must have the clip selected and all the rest. Yeah, of yeah. They'll so. have the clip selected. Absolutely, yeah. we'll have the clip selected. But I don't want to know what they're going to say because you want that. You want that. Uh, and you want that. Uh, that moment. And I had that moment the other day. Um, in, ru- in the rugby, and obviously it's a football podcast, in the rugby when mm. Gareth Thomas said what he said yeah. about the Joe Marlowe. Marlo, Marlo, I didn't know yeah. he was going to say that. Yeah. So you want that instinctive human reaction. So I don't, you know, don't tell me the gag now. Mm. I, always say, I always say the same thing to Wrighty. Don't score in the warm-up, Wrighty. No, no. Don't sc- they don't count. 
Don't no. care on the warm-up. No, no, no. So we'll, we'll go through that. And a and BT on a Saturday, quite often I'll say before the game starts, if I look at the team, uh, you know, we have four or five games, I'll say to, to Robbie Savage or Chris Sutton or, you know, Jermaine Genus, oh, you know, well, 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 let's talk about him. Let's mm. talk about that, you know, central midfield or let's talk about yeah. the, you know, the you know the right fullback or whatever. If they, have so, to, if they have to get better pundits because there's so much more yeah, they do. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't just breeze through it. No. You, you, it's improved uh, in your experience oh, in your yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Because you say, because so many people want to do it yeah. and so many of them are so good at it. Yeah. You and I, being yeah. b- both both workers and watchers and listeners, we yeah. can see straight through it, can't we? Yeah. You may have to watch Monday Night Football to see what uh, what what Carragher and Neville do. The quality of what they do for an hour yeah. to see how good it is. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't you can't just breathe. You can't phone it in now, can you? No, you cannot phone it in. Let's fast forward to when you're presenting really big games, and so when you're out in the World Cup, obviously you were the the main football presenter for for the Euros in 2016 and the World Cup in 2018 and loads other more. Besides, it's a testament to your career, Mark, that you've done so much stuff that I'm not going to read all of it because that will be the rest of the show. <laughs> but you understand what what, yeah. what, what I mean. Um, do you, do you feel like ahead of a big England game, the weight of the nation is kind of on you? Because I remember in Euro 96, it was one of the best things ever. I was 15, so I was perfectly in, 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 the, in the slot to, to love it. When everyone was building up to the England v Germany game and Des Lynham came on and said... I expect you've heard there's a football match happening tonight. Yeah. And it was just perfectly yeah, judged, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to think that came from Des himself, but it, whatever, yeah, yeah. it was a brilliantly delivered line um, because it kind of popped the bubble and, and realised you just thought, yeah, Des is the coolest man around here. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're all really nervous, but yeah. he's fine. Um, do you have that weight of expectation on you ahead of a big England game? Well, it was funny because my, my wife came out to see me. Uh, I think the game was on a Thursday. Well, she came on Tuesday morning or whatever. And at Tuesday lunchtime, she went, what is wrong with you? Hmm. And I went, this is the f- I said to her, this is the first time in my career hmm. I've gone, ooh, there might be quite a few people watching. Yeah. And she was brilliant. She just obviously she knows me extremely well. She said, right, okay, this is what you're gonna do. Just just uh, you know, just relax today, tomorrow, mm. Wednesday, day before the game. Just go into the production office mm. and go through the whole program. A bit like we're saying, like we where we do our meeting, and apps you know what you know, know where you're gonna go from A to B to C and what's before the semi. Yeah, yeah, before yeah, the semi. Yeah, yeah. And then and that and that was brilliant advice. And in other words, just in other words, just do what you do normally. Mm. And then once you've done all that, you'll be fine. Mm. So once I've done all that, I'll be fine. But it's funny what you said about desk, because the other thing that was obsessive with me is how do I start the show? Yeah. And I bashed it around and I deliberately, I mean, listen, I love Des as much as the next person. Mm. So I wasn't going to put myself under any pressure by mm. watching Des doing the, his mm. Des thing. And I just, I, I can't remember what my line was, but I thought about it and I told, I think it was something to do with seize the moment. It was something yeah. to do with that. Yeah. And, I, and I talked about it, I talked about it with the editor and I talked about it with the producer. And I said, listen, I think, um, I think this is a good line. You know, there's there's no you know there's no tomorrow, whatever it was. Yeah. And they said, no, no, that's good. And so you know, once I'd done all that and I'd done that process, um, and then the other thing I did, which is not telling tales out of school at all, I said most ninety five percent of the openings we do are live. I mm. just said, let's just do that. Let's just record that one. Yeah, okay. because what we do not want to, we don't want to slip gotta up. Get right, we got to yeah. get it right. And yeah. they went, no, that's that's absolutely fine. That's a good yeah. idea. So once I'd done all that process, I was absolutely fine. Mm. But I, it was the only time in my career up till then. Uh, that I thought, and funnily enough, for the Rugby World Cup final, which was you know uh, just as big because it was a mm. final, mm. Um, I was completely fine because I think I'd been through that. Oh my word, how many people are watching? And then you mm. go, nah, just do your job. It's gonna, it's, a, it's a really interesting scenario because it's to me it feels like to empathise with your position, you have got to look like the least nervous person yeah, in the yeah. world. Yeah. But you're probably because you you understand the gravity of the event and because you're an England fan anyway and you love football, you probably 
as you've already said, you are really nervous. Yeah. So it, it's fine to be nervous about stuff, but you've got to show that you're not. Yeah, exactly. And you only got one shot at it, really. One shot. And what was really interesting, well, so people saying, so uh, this is the Croatia semi-final. How was the second half all that? I said, to be honest with you, I spent most of the second half thinking how I was going to close the show. Mm. So I spent the first 20 minutes of the second half thinking, what do I say if England win? And then, of course, I spent the next 15 yeah. minutes thinking, how, what am I going to say because England are going to lose? Mm. So actually, it, and I, again, I say this to students, and, I, and, I, and I, for me, this is exactly the right thing to do. This is my job. I'm not there. You know, of course, I want England to win. And mm. of course, I'm punching the air when, when Kieran Trippier scored. Mm. But, it's, it, but, but my job is primarily to present the show yeah. and to reflect what people are feeling and to get the right words and mm. to but not to be a cheerleader and to ask the right editorial questions whether the result is in England's favour or not so uh, you know I can't get swept up in it I have mm. to have my work head on and people say oh well you know how do you do that I said well it's my job mm. I said if you want to do this business but you are more obsessed about Manchester United winning than anything else don't do this job no. just stick and be a fan that's fine yeah. be a fan yeah. be a solicitor and be a fan yeah. that's absolutely fine that's no problem at all but you know it's not my job and again it was the same with the World Cup in the rugby. You know, I'd had, oh, this was an amazing, you know, England going into it with favourites. And then as soon as it was clear that South Africa were going to win, I'm thinking, what's the story here? Mm. Well, it's the South African, South Africa winning and the South African captain in his story. Yeah. That's the story. Yeah, and that's what you've got to sniff that's out. What you've got to, that's what you've got to reflect and that's what yeah. you've got to be editorially rigorous on. But, so is there, is there, but is there a danger of going the other way where you're too calculated? Should, maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe. And funny enough, um, when uh, I noticed, and of course it didn't happen in neither occasion because England lost the Croatia match and lost the rugby. But I did notice when I was at this uh, uh, Sports Journalist Awards the other day and they gave a special award to Jim Rosenthal. Mm. And I love Jim. I did notice that his closer, because he did the rugby when England won the World Cup in mm. Australia, he finished with a you beauty. And I, yeah. and I actually looked at that, oh, that's, yeah. Because yeah. he was reflecting what people were thinking at home. Yeah. So, um, but, once, yeah. but if England were to have won the World Cup in 2018 and if the tournament is finished, yeah. I wonder whether, yeah, you do have a responsibility to kind Probably. of reflect what's happening. Because yes. I think it, w- it might be, have a danger of being an anti-climax. Yeah, no, if you no, just I agree. Went, yeah. I, agree. You, I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I, absolutely. And, I, and I'm sure we would have done. I mean, it's an, the, un- the unanswerable question is what yeah. would I have said, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. But what do you think you would have done? I, Putting I, you on the spot. I think I'd have, I, I, I mean, I think it would have been along the lines of, you know, the, the England's greatest day for 60 years and, yeah. you know, enjoy it. This, yeah. you know, let's hope it's not another 60, that sort of thing or yeah. whatever. Enjoy it. You know, this is, and then would you this have had is a, beer? a day to all days. Oh, yeah. Several. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely several. <laughs> on the bias. On the I suppose bias, what I'm coming back to is, and I, and I think, the, I think um, someone said to me, I think the greatest compliment anyone ever could pay me is mm. that I'm a professional. Yeah. That's actually, you couldn't, if you say to me, you're really professional on your job, that mm. will... That That's what do. you're after. Yeah, that will yeah. do for me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. 
Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. What's the future hold for you, Denmark? What do you want? What do you want to do next? You, I, I wanted. To, I want. You never have a fit sense that you've you've kind of I've done all that now. So no, no, no. I just want. I, I love the industry so much, and I've loved what I've done, and I've been completely privileged to do it. I want to carry on doing it for as long as I can. I mean, it's as simple as that. I never particularly had a. I mean, apart from still being the business and relevant when you're thirty, so you don't go off and you know grow tomatoes for a living. Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, you know, I never had, oh, I've got to do this by this because this business does not work that way. You no. cannot plan this business. And even at my age now, I'm the other mm. side of 50. I'm still uh, not just the other side. I'm only just the other side yeah. of 50. I still just want to be relevant and love it as much as ever. So I have a completely open mind. And I love my work at ITV and would, you know, I'd want to do that as long as they'll have me. Mm. And the same with, uh, with the BT show on Saturday afternoon, which is tremendous fun. And I like to think that we've got a really, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm huge admirer of Jeff Stelling and he's a mm. lovely man and mm. you know what he's done over a quarter of a century is fantastic mm. I like to think we've got a really entertaining viable uh, product which is which is just as good as theirs so yeah, I want to carry on Jules doing that as well, and we've got the lovely Jules yeah. I love working with Jules that's great yeah. fun yeah. I love working with Jules so I, I just want to carry on being viable uh, and authoritative and, and doing it my way uh, for as long as possible radio and TV wise and I think that's really important I just said do it my way I've, I, I made a decision early on I think in any walk of life, Luke, if you life, Luke, if you try and do it somebody else's way, someone will see through you straight away. Yeah. I've always done it the way that comes naturally to me. This is yeah. me. Take it yeah. or leave it. Some people want it, some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. Some people want it for a bit, then they didn't for a bit. That's that's the way it goes. But yeah. I, I'm going to live or die by me. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you yeah. ever do you, that's, that's, a, that's a really nice way of putting it. But do you ever really think, stop to think that? Hang on, and, and I know you're probably going to cringe at me saying this, but the difference between what you and I do is clearly you're much more successful at than me. But but is is that if I stopped doing these podcasts or the stuff I do, I mean I do like it, you know, Friday night show on Talksport, it's it's fine, I enjoy doing it. But if I stop that, the world isn't going to change. Nothing's going to nothing's really going to happen. They'll find another show. But you are genuinely providing the soundtrack mm. in in the case of the World Cup mm. to people's lives. Mm. In in 40 years' time, if England were to have won that World Cup in 2018, yeah. in 40 years' time, there's some biopic coming out. So a good chance you might be in the background of it or in it or, or, or asked about it. Do you ever have the, 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 the feeling that, God, what I'm doing here is actually a really big deal? Because it is uh, to a uh, lot of people, not in a surgeon kind of no, no, no kind of way, but in, in a general way. I think I think I turn it more the other way around. In that I would think that you know when 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 the time comes, and you know I'm sitting in my armchair, hopefully with lots of grandchildren. Mm. Uh, I am answering this in a slightly different way that I gave it everything I had. Yeah, I think I think it in that way. And if that means that people enjoyed it, or there might be something you know in a in a 
hmm. bit in the background because England won the World Cup. Well, then so be it. But I didn't. I don't set out to do that. No, uh, but it's hard to avoid the the gravitas of it, though, right? Yeah, but but that, but that's for that's for other people to to to, to judge. I didn't. I, I'm not interested, and I I, I when. You know, my mate, mates take the mickey out of me. Oh, you're a celebrity. I said, don't be ridiculous. Mm. Of course I'm not. Mm. And I'm not interested in that. And I didn't set out to be that. And I couldn't care less about that. Because you and I know the celebrities are the people we interview. It's yeah. not your eye. No, exactly. It's really not your eye. Absolutely right. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's Roy Keane and, yeah. and Righty, isn't yeah. it? And, and um, have to, You have yeah. to be like a listener, sorry, like a facilitator of it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Graham Norton is the, Graham Norton said, we are a, we're the waiter. We yeah. are bringing the best of these people to you. Yeah. And we are, you know, we're yeah. a, hopefully we're a well dressed, yeah. you know, well read waiter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Who can who can add something to it? So so to answer your question, if that's the way it is, then then so be it. But mm. it's not something I I think about. It really isn't. You can't become the story. Is that what you're saying? No, don't become the story. And so when don't you don't become the story. So when you have a situation where don't be dull. I'm not saying be dull. No. And I'm sometimes I listen. I do sometimes think don't be too far the other way, Mark. Don't just yeah. be don't just be don't just be Olivier Giroud. No, I'm not saying he's dull. Yeah. Very handsome. Yeah. And just play a one-two all the time. Don't just just don't just be the person who the wall pass comes off. Yeah. You know you've got to throw a few things in here or there. Yeah. And you know I'm I'm aware of that. Don't be you know don't be a wallflower. But but at the same time you are not the story. So is it almost a bit like a referee then? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you're good at it, you're not really going to necessarily yeah, be nice. Yeah, probably. That's what I, I spoke and to that's my... fine. I think that's fine on telly. Again, going back to where we start, that's fine on telly when you've got four or five minutes of time. Yeah. It's fun enough. It's probably easier on radio. Mm. And in the days when I did Saturday afternoon, and sometimes we'd have eight hours, I'd be standing on a touchline with a pen behind your ear. Literally, mm. you can go where you want. Yeah. And you've probably got more freedom then and more flexibility to do that. Yeah. You've definitely got more flexibility on radio because of the time. Of course you have. Mm. Um, television is a lot more, especially commercial television, is a lot more prescriptive. But to go back to answer what we said earlier that's where the challenge is yeah that's where the broadcasting and editorial challenge is i have mark chapman on here it's very much a warm-up to your main event <laughs> well, uh, i'm gonna text him that. Yeah, I, love, I, love, I love mark as well and our listeners love mark and rightly so he's a, he's a great guy but we when we talked about that he's talked about um it was either me or him who suggested it i think it might have been me who suggested yeah. it and he initially got insulted but then he kind of got it okay it's about being the grouting between the tiles yeah, right of course yeah. You need it. Of course you do. But you're not looking at the grout in. No, 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 no. no. And but that's if you fine. don't have it, the tiles fall off. And I think it's I think what I think what happens a little bit is for my generation is they go, Oh, you want to want to be Des. As I said earlier, Des is brilliant. But don't forget there's one big difference. There was very little television in those days. Yeah. There's two channels. Yeah. So you were Des or Dickie Davis, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Now you can watch sport on so many different channels. You're yeah. never going to get us presenter deified to those levels. Mm. So I think sometimes people think, oh well, you're not Des or you're not this. Well, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But but by process, you can't of, be Des. You cannot be no. because no one because no one can be Des because yeah. there are about twenty of us now yeah. as opposed to two. So yeah. think about it. But you can be you can want to be the best one out of those twenty. Though. Yeah, sure. You can want to be the best, and you've got to be your own person. You've got to have your own character. But you're never going to get those levels because you know it was like, are you you know are you Des or Dickie Davis or are you Motti or Brian Moore? Do you know what I mean? It's 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 yeah. a completely different world now. Yeah, it's a completely different world. Mark, it's been an absolute I like pleasure. being the grouting. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell chappers I'm happy yeah. to be grouting. Okay, so we've had two two, two sets of grouting <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. studio. Yeah. It's not going to fall down anytime soon. No, it's soon. not exactly. I have to say, it's it's always a real challenge to to do these kind of um, interviews because you are clearly the interviewer, and I'm not really. But thank you very much for being so generous with your time and and with your answers. It's been great having you, and uh, and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Luke. This was a Stakhanov production. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.